Welcome! This is Carrie Anderson, your show host with Louie and me, Doggy Carico, and this is the Give Your Dog a Bone podcast. This podcast was created to educate you on the best holistic approaches to pet care and how nature can nurture our four-legged companions. If you want to learn more about the Louie and Me community and how you can become a part of our movement, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also connect to our blog, www.louieandmedogcare.com blog. We post every Friday. We're going to be sharing with you awesome tips and tricks on how you can help your pet thrive, as well as products we use, and much, much more. Hi everyone, this is your show host, Carrie Anderson. I want to thank you so much for joining us this week, and I also would like to add in there that you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I will be putting that information in the show notes for you below. Now, our topic for the week is the importance of grooming, and we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Sarah Epperson. She is the owner of Serene Pets Mobile Spa, where she comes to you and grooms your pet right by your front door. It's very cool stuff. Let's call her in. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi, Carrie. Very good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Now, I've already introduced you on the podcast, and I let all of our listeners know that you own Serene Pets Mobile Spa. So... Tell us a little more about you and how you got into grooming and when you realized it was something you were passionate about. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, Grooming um, actually was really a um, all by chance. I've always been into pet care. Um, It's been a passion of mine. I've been in rescue and even showing pets um, as as a as a youngster (laughs) but um grooming was just pure chance I fell in love instantly I remember um I was 18 at the time and I was living on my own and I didn't even have a car (laughs) and my sister came and picked me up from my job interview and and I was like I can do this every day for the rest of my life I am having so much fun um, it was so enjoyable for me and I just took to it. I just loved, I, I loved the work, even the hard days, you know, it's, it's a very, uh, grueling physical job and, um, a lot of people don't last. And I just, those hard days just made me even more and more proud of myself every time. Cause I felt like I learned something every day. Um, so that's one of the main reasons why I always say that everything happens for a reason. Because there were times um, where I really felt like my life had no direction or reason. And if everything didn't happen exactly how it did, <laughs> I would have never found grooming. Which, you know, the second I did it, I realized, like, this is what I'm meant to do. Oh, that is so powerful. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. We need more groomers like you. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I love my job. I can't wait to start training and, and grow my business with a, you know, have a bunch of passionate people out there that just really love their work and, and their work environment. It's going to be wonderful. That's awesome. And how did you, so how did you get into grooming and having your own business with it? When did you decide well, you wanted to own your own grooming service? Well, everything kind of came down to a head. You know, I, um, 
I left California four years ago. I came out here with my car and my dog and my grooming gear. <laughs> and um, I was luckily introduced to a master groomer at the time, Jennifer Gannon, who kind of took me under her wing when I uh, moved out here. Everything that I was either self-taught or taught in the, um, the little store that I worked at in California, um, she told me why, you know, she had all the reasons, you know, yeah. the breed specific, you know, haircuts and why they are built the way they're built and, and um, everything about dogs. I mean, she's full of information. It was so wonderful learning from her. So when she retired and I was still working um, at her shop, I kind of felt lost. I'm like, this is, you know, the, the environment wasn't, you know, what, what I wanted. And, and it was really hard for me to enjoy my day to day where I wasn't learning anything and I didn't have any challenges. And, um, so I, I spent a couple of months, you know, going around different shops and, and trying things out and trying to gain a, um, a client base and, and, and it just wasn't true to me. Um, and I think it, that came across very clearly to everybody I was around that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. And um, so it just came to the point where I was just like, you know what, what do I love? I love my work and I love my clients and everything else can easily go away and I wouldn't miss it at all. <laughs> so yeah. I just like what else can be so simple than me showing up to my client's house that loves my work and um, enjoys my personality and my care for their pet. And we form a relationship where I help this one person and their pet. And I focus on that one pet for the entire time I'm there. And then I move on. And it was just, it, when I thought of it, I was just like, this is why people do this because it's very difficult industry, especially being mobile. There's so many snags yeah. problems and, 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 you know, weather, <laughs> <laughs> so many variables, but you know, you yeah. just realize like this is why this is a business because it's, it's so rewarding, man. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Thank you. I yeah. love my <laughs> I'm glad. Yes, I can tell you're very passionate about it, which I love so much. We need more passionate pet care providers out there. Thank so. you. Yeah, it's it's so nice to get to meet with everybody, too. It's one reason why I really love, you know, talking to you and, and meeting your pets and, and, um, and you know, a, 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 even pet parents, you know, that are in the industry, you know, they, yeah. they just have such a passion for, for their for their little family. <laughs> yes, it's so true. Now, also, I want to add to our listeners, just so they know, Sarah does groom both of my dogs, and she does an amazing job. <laughs> I would not go to any other groomer, I swear. Oh, how's Lua doing? Oh, she's doing awesome. Her nails <laughs> look great, thanks to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So, what what do you believe are the most important aspects of grooming and, you know, what are, what are some things that every pet parent needs to put in consideration when it comes to keeping up their dog's hygiene? Yeah, so um, I can go on for days about this. And the main thing is that I always say is to um, go to a professional. I don't know anything about taxes. I go to my tax person. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, every pet is different. 
and some and every pet has unique needs so um some are high maintenance and i have weekly clients and some are very minimum maintenance and you know i see them every six to eight weeks for nail trims and other than that their parents can easily bathe and, and brush them and and that's no problem so the main thing is to have a good relationship with your groomer know who your groomer is have their phone number and their address on file keep them in your phone as like on your schedule like your like your work or like your children's school or your children's dentist or doctor pets are just as important and it's so and it's one of those things because they're not in your face telling you um you know that they need grooming you have to keep on top of it just like your kids would not want to brush their teeth every day if (laughs) if you just let it go they're not going to do it themselves right they're going to eat all of the candy in the world and and you'd never know if they brush their teeth or not afterwards exactly (laughs) so being on a good schedule is so important and especially with the same person and it can be hard at first to find that person um, but I just feel like, you know, when you see your groomer with your, your pet and you can just tell that they have a genuine care for them and, um, you know, and you can tell that, you know, if I wasn't recommending a, a schedule or a product, every time I see a client, um, I would feel like I'm not doing my job because my job is to have a relationship with a, with a human being that, um, might not know the difference between a brush spray and a, and a brush or a conditioner and a shampoo. So I feel like it's my job to try out and test and, and really vet all my products and recommendations. Um, the most important aspects of grooming of, are, of course, uh, your pet's health. Um, checking, and this can be anything from, it doesn't have to be a vigorous, you know, uh, brushing schedule or anything like that. It's really just checking your pet from nose to tail. Uh, looking in their ears, checking their paws, or, or if you touch them in any part of their body, their legs or their tummy, do they do they yelp or do they do they tell you that that's not okay? Um, ch- uh, grooming is so important when it comes to their health because um, the, it's just that like it, it really is like the we tell you if there's uh, abnormality. Um, I'm the first line of defense when it comes to like, oh, do you think they should probably see a vet or not? <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Because I see, you know, it's it's different for you seeing your one dog every single day. And for me seeing eight to 10 dogs a day, uh, I can tell if something's abnormal. And then being on a good schedule, I can tell you if your dog is acting differently than they have in the past. Um, I've even found things as far as like um, stickers, you know, in in their pads and of their feet. And they're like, oh, my dog's limping. I might have to go get an X-ray. And I groom them, and I find that it had, you know, an, an inch-long sticker stuck in, oh, into its wow. foot, and it couldn't, it, it couldn't heal. Yeah. So, um, you know, things like that. Uh, another really important one is temperament. Being on a good schedule, um, it, grooming is part of their life. Whether it's like I said, home grooming, where every six to eight weeks you trim your dog's nails or give it a bath. Or if it's the weekly high maintenance dogs that, you know, mat really easily or have infections easily or anything like that, um, to be on on a schedule that is right for them will help their temperament. Dogs with really high anxiety need to be seen more often um, because that same dog will do so much better if they remember 
um, that grooming is not scary, that, um, and being on a good schedule also shortens the length of time that it takes to groom them. So they're not going to be there in there for three hours, (laughs) you know, if they're, if they're on a good schedule, but if you, um, let it go and you only get your dog groomed, say every six months, all of a sudden, this is the time where it's like the worst time at the dentist every single time they go. So of course they're going to be frustrated and scared and anxious when it's always, you know, um, going back to the basics. And that, and that's the thing about um, grooming is that people hate their dogs, you know, shaved down or, 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 um, you know, when their dog is in bad condition and they go to the groomer, they're like, Oh no, I didn't want the groomer to do that. Well, the best thing you could do at that point, is to be like, what do I need to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again? And sometimes that is going to the groomer every, you know, three to four weeks at first until you're on a good schedule. And then you can push it out a little bit more. Right. That's so true too. And dogs, they love consistency. So I know that every, (laughs) say four to five weeks, Lua knows that you are about to be coming to the house any day and she gets so excited to see you and to get her nails groomed. And I, I know it is a little hard to get her in your trailer, but I mean, she just gets so excited when she knows that's, that you're coming. That's one of my favorite parts, though, is that, yeah, they're, sometimes they're like, oh, no, you know, they're hesitant at first. But then the second we're in there, they realize, oh, yeah, this was easy last time. Right, but they just yeah. have this they just have this automatic instinct that they don't like anything that that's not um, a recurring, you know, thing in their schedule. Right. So at first, it definitely takes some time and a couple trips to meet them and uh, show them that everything's going to be okay and that we're there to be friends and that we're there to have a healthy relationship. Yeah. And now you were telling me that you also, um, you work with a lot of dogs that get blacklisted from from grooming salons at larger pet stores. And so what do you do to, um, you know, help those dogs make sure that it is okay because they are, you know, from past experiences scared. Absolutely. Um, I, Oh goodness. I just actually saw one of my regular clients. His name is Brutus. He's a Labradoodle (laughs) was kicked out of four salons in his area. Um, mobile grooming was her last step before she would have to, her vet told her that he would have to be sedated, um, under complete anesthesia to oh get groomed at her vet. That's and crazy. so her, her, yeah, her last option was to find a mobile groomer, find somebody to come to her home and try it out. And he was on medication the first time I met him. And, um, I, I met him and I could just see it in his eyes. I'm like, he's not liking this, you know, and everything that I did, I can tell that he's been forced to do it. So instead of forcing him through the grooming process, I asked his permission. Um, I asked his permission to get up into the trailer and he was hesitant, like Lua is all the time. (laughs) They're (laughs) hesitant. They're like, oh, that's new. I don't like that. That's up higher off the ground than I like to be. And then so we work together a couple minutes. We get him in the trailer. And then I'm like, hey, do you want to get up on the table? (laughs) 
you know, and you know, we just work together. And that's the thing is that it's a relationship. It's not me trying to get through the grooming process. It's me showing this pet that's obviously been traumatized in the past is terrified of the process um, that we're friends. And the whole point is to just make him feel better. The point is not to get a perfect groom out of a dog at that point. The point is to rehabilitate them and show them that um, our relationship is going to be a healthy one and it's going to be a safe environment where he could come and have fun. And just a couple days ago, I saw him. I think this is my, he's on an every four week schedule. And this is my um, seventh or eighth time seeing him. I forget exactly, but I just saw him this past Tuesday and he is off his medication And he gets up and he's still, you know, you turn the blow dryer and I shove cotton balls in his ear so he can't hear it, you know, super loud. (laughs) But I also turn it down to its lowest setting and I just show him like, I'm going to blow dry you. And he shakes for a second, remembering that at one point in his life, blow drying was awful and he was forced to do it and he didn't want to. And now he shakes for a second and then he's like, Oh, this isn't so bad. It's not even loud. I could barely hear it. It doesn't hurt, you know? So after a second, he's like, Oh yeah, now I remember this isn't that bad. And then he relaxes. (laughs) So rehabilitating dogs is one of my favorite things to do because you really do see as long as you have the complete um, um, cooperation of the parents who have to dedicate a lot of time and energy to making sure that their pet is on a good schedule and it, it's a very hard process so it takes a lot and I understand you know not everybody um, has the time for that and it's 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 just so wonderful when when you you make time for it because you can see your pet at their best you know um, yeah. at their full potential happy with the grooming process instead of being frightened. So that's my favorite thing about (laughs) being. That's awesome. I love it. That's so cool. So um, you were also saying that um, you should, if you do have a more high maintenance dog, maintain them in between professional grooming sessions. Um, Is there like a minimum that every dog should have? And if so, how how often, so like ear cleaning or teeth brushing, that kind of thing, how often should pet parents be doing that in between grooming sessions? Yeah, like I said, it really depends so much on every pet. I particularly, I have two short-haired dogs, a Dachshund Chihuahua mix and a Corgi, and I have them on an every three-week schedule. Every three weeks, I completely, you know, bathe, brush them out, trim and file their nails. I do a paw spa, which is what I do. I do for all my clients, Um, you know, where I, I rub some as you know essential oils into their pads and they clean their ears and they, it's it's more of a fun you know family time yes <laughs> than yeah. um than like a chore um but you know I've had I, I've had uh two foster dogs in the past that I had to brush out literally every two or three days oh, wow. um <laughs> so like I said Get in contact with your with a with a really good, really comfortable groomer that you that you really like, and 
bring your pet to them and talk about it because it is just like how you feel with your doctor or your beautician, you know, you have to figure out where you want to be next year. Do you want to have a full coated dog? Then you have to brush out and you have to have way more tools and and products. Um, If you really like low maintenance pets, we can, we can keep it at a really cute short length every six to eight weeks. I always say, at the eight-week mark, just before, you know, the next season, right. you need to at least make sure that they are healthy. Their ears are clean. Their teeth are clean. Their their um, their um nails are done. Um, So eight weeks is like my absolute max. Okay. If I hit eight weeks with a client, I, I'm usually having to tell them issues, which is, which nobody wants to hear. Right. So, yeah. So, no one um, wants to hear their dog is matted and exactly. And matting happens. And especially with Colorado, I, I know people come from everywhere and there's different, you know, environments, but Colorado, the weather being back and forth and dogs just having so much fun here playing with each other and in the parks and, and going on hikes, so much could happen that you kind of so need to get in before the three month mark. I always say eight weeks is usually the maximum I recommend. But w- when you talk to a really good groomer, they will let you know if you have a Boston Terrier that you could rinse off in your tub and you are fine doing your, the nails yourself, you can go a couple months without seeing a groomer, you know, good three or four months, possibly even longer if you're comfortable doing the grooming. But the main thing is that they're healthy. So if you're uncomfortable doing it, make sure that you have a professional that you're comfortable with and your pet is comfortable with. That's awesome. And that's so true about with the seasons changing and even how dry it is here. I know yeah. that so many dogs have flaky, dandruffy skin and they're itchy. So grooming can really help them, you know, with baths or ear cleaning, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Really help them. I actually have a lot of a lot of clients that have um environmental uh, environmental. That's hard to say. Environmental <laughs> or uh, blah, 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 environmental allergies. Woo, that's yes. a mouthful. And they literally just run through the field and then their yeah. snake is completely red, you know, from running through the field. So um, having like a cold bath with a medicated shampoo really helps that. Um, but again, those are all recommendations. It's a case by case basis. Some pets right. don't need yeah. that at all. Some pets need it every time they go outside. <laughs> right. Yeah. So now, the essentials of grooming tool wise, what should every pet parent kind of expect? Say, um, you know, if they are going to a groomer, what type of tools should they expect their groomer to use? Or say, for instance, um, my German shepherd, she has three coats, so she needs to be brushed out every once in a while. What, um, what are the essential tools that most pet parents should be looking at to maintain hygiene? Absolutely. We're talking about like in between grooms or, or at the groomers, um, things that you're going to see to keep your pets on a, on a good grooming schedule. Um, the first thing, like I said, you need to make sure their teeth, ears, and feet are clean. So the same thing you can hear about humans. You got to make sure your teeth are clean. That keeps you healthy. If you're, if you have an ear infection or something like that, goodness that could just ruin your life or your day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about pain oh, and then if your feet are achy or your hands hurt um you, you just don't have a good quality of life so those are the things um at which I actually learned in a 
a canine CPR class. Very <laughs> that interesting. I took, yeah, that about two years ago. Um, checking your dog from nose to tail. You know, just make sure that their teeth are clean, their ears are clean, their toenails are clean. And doing that, you can usually either completely brush their teeth, um, use a water additive, which will um, keep the plaque down. Uh, make sure you have a good ear cleaner and you can use home ear cleaner. One home ear cleaner that I really like to use is um, witch hazel. I actually yeah. use it in my own ears and in my pet's ears. Um, it's all natural. It doesn't hurt. It feels nice and fresh. Um, it's an um, antiseptic naturally. So it, 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 if there's any grime or anything like that, it really cuts that down. Um, and then if you are comfortable trimming your dog's nails, make sure to have an, a, a nail trimmer. Um, I use an electric Dremel as a professional just because it speeds up time, but there are some pets that I can't use an electric Dremel on and I never force a dog through nail filing <laughs> because that just, that makes me the bad guy. You know what right, I mean? Right. So you don't want that. You want to make sure you the pet's comfortable. And if it's loud and buzzy and vibrating, they don't like that. I will go down to just a regular, you know, Sally's beauty nail file. That's, you know, the six inch black um, emery board and just <laughs> run that on their nails real quick so that it's that it doesn't hurt you back at home yeah um and then so that's pretty much the basics of course I always recommend a good brush with all the different coat types it's really hard to to get down to one good brush I particularly I have short hair dogs and I use a rubber curry brush which is just a round brush that fits in your hand and that you rub their little their little hairs and they it gets that hair off um, but honestly, most breeds, especially double coated breeds or breeds that have a single coat, but have hair instead of fur, like poodles, uh, Bichons, dogs that need, um, brushed out to make sure that they don't get matted. Um, I always recommend a, uh, slicker brush, which is a flexible pin brush, um, with a lot of little metal pins that are really close together. So close together that there's no way it could scratch their skin. Um, like I said, the main thing is that they're comfortable. Your dog will tell you if that's not okay. So um, you got to just make sure that you're, you're getting their tummies and inside of their legs is a big one. Very nice. So Very nice. then another thing that I love, which I'm so glad that I found because I didn't know of it right away when I first started grooming and it has really changed my game is having brush sprays. So different dogs with different coat types need to have a different element added to their fur, like a conditioner, and you can use them in between baths. They smell good. Um, they help with the shedding. Sometimes they just help with conditioning. Um, and having a good brush spray is so nice, especially if you're if you're brushing your dog on a really regular basis, because it will make sure that you're not you don't break the hair. Um, so yeah, that's something that nobody ever told me and I found it on my own and I was super proud of it myself because I, like, yes. I use brush sprays on every dog now. Just think of your own hair, you know, humans, right. we have, we have either, you know, super long hair or, or short hair, however you style your hair, you usually put something in your hair before you brush it to keep it from breaking or, or getting damaged. Um, with this the process so yeah it's something a lot of people overlook but if you're brushing your dog on a regular basis I highly recommend getting a good brush spray very nice very nice now um one last question I want to ask you and it is just kind of a fun question what is your favorite service to provide and why 
I have to say my favorite part. Oh, it's so hard because I love my job from every aspect, but I really do enjoy um, doing paspas, which is what I do for, uh, for Lua. And I um, pretty much just trim nails and file them. And then we get into the fun stuff. You know, I clean their ears, but they see it more as a, as an ear massage and I massage their feet and um, I put cologne on them and I brush that through to make sure that it, it gets down to the skin and they, are just so happy and I have to say my favorite part of my entire process is when I bring my pet or my pet <laughs> they're not my pet they're they're my they're my pet my pet uh, clients <laughs> yeah um they uh when I bring them back into the house or back to their to their to their owner and they are just so proud of themselves like they're like oh my gosh I just got a spa day I look so good <laughs> I feel amazing and they you know you'll see them just like run in circles or they'll you know jump up or they'll just start acting so playful and they're showing the my client how happy they are and how you know they're proud of themselves they did really good for the for the process and they enjoyed it and that just is kind of like just the cherry on top for me where I'm just like, oh, you know, even if they had a hard minute or they didn't enjoy one aspect of the grooming, they did have an overall really good experience. And they're showing, you know, their pet or their owner how how awesome they feel. And um, that's just a huge difference in why I started a mobile business instead of a salon or a brick and mortar, you know, building is that you kind of just see the light go out of them after two or three hours of sitting in a, in one spot, you know, right, <laughs> and when the yeah. parents get there, they're not all excited. They're just like, get me out of here. I'm ready out to go here. home. Yeah. <laughs> so That's having so them true. at their home where they're comfortable and then they, they just show with every ounce of their being how happy and excited they are for life. And it just, that's my favorite part of my job. Yeah, Lua gets such a cute little wiggle butt <laughs> when she's done. She's like, Mom, look at me. I'm so you cute. won't believe how good I did. <laughs> she's adorable. I love her. <laughs> All right. So, how can our listeners connect with you? Do you have, um, you know, a website or Facebook page? How can how can people in the Greater Denver area connect to you and get get you on their calendars? Yeah. For any information, uh also including products and recommendations. I do have a website, just serenepetsspa.com, all one word, serenepetsspa. Um, And then for all the fun stuff, I also have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and everything is at serenepetsspa. So um, you'll find me on Facebook, Serene Pet Spa, Instagram as well. And um, there I just post photos of my clients and products and recommendations that, I, that I'm that i loving to use and, and things like that. Um, so for all the fun stuff, definitely get me on social. Um, but if you need anything like as far as booking or information or, or um, if you're ready to, you know, continue like you're you found your groomer and you want to talk more about products and recommendations feel free to give me a call as well I'm always have my work phone on me it's um 720-999-1238 awesome thank you so much Sarah for joining us today on the podcast I'm so excited that I was able to talk with you a little bit more on the importance of grooming 
Um, and, and thank you again so much. Me for, too. For I appreciate me. it. Have a great rest of your day, Carrie. I'll see you later. Okay. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. That was such awesome information from Sarah. I'm so thankful that she was willing to share all of that awesome information with us. I want to say thank you to all of you for joining us on the Give Your Dog a Bone podcast this week and for allowing yourself to learn about our topic, which was the importance of grooming. Like I said earlier, if you want to learn more about the Louie and Me community and how you can become a part of our movement, please subscribe to us on iTunes. We will be sharing more awesome information and interviews with you just like this one that we had today. You can also connect to our blog on www.louieandmedogcare.com blog, and you can subscribe there as well for more amazing and helpful information. We post new articles every Friday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Like I said earlier, you can find all of that information in the show notes along with the Louie and Me email. So please, if you have any questions, send them to us. We will be answering them here on the podcast. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Keep allowing nature to nurture your beautiful self and your beautiful pets. We'll talk to you soon.